Father, I come before your presence. Lord, I just thank you that you're here. And Father, right now, I just ask that you touch each of us in the way that we understand you, that we'll feel you in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, tonight, as I speak, Lord, let me get out of the way and they not hear my voice, but they hear something from you. Father, I know that you've shared this with me. We've, we've talked about it for a while. Lord, I know whoever you wanted to get it to is here tonight. Father, I know that there are many that are not here for whatever reason it might be. Lord, speak to them wherever they're at. You, you're, you're everywhere all the time. So, Lord, do what you do and be with them in a special way. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, Ed would probably attest that uh, we know a little bit of advance when we get an opportunity to speak. And I know that there has to be someone that's walking physically that determines that. But I trust that God is anointing that time. He's picked out a time and a purpose for each of us. So when uh, I was asked, what about February the 2nd? I said, yes. And so I didn't know it was Super Bowl Sunday. I tell you how much I follow the NFL. It's Super Bowl Sunday. But to me, every Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. You know, the best team is in the house, and the best team wins every time. Now, it may look like our team may be behind in some places, but I promise you, in the end, we win. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes I didn't want to read a whole book that I was mandated to read, and sometimes I'd read the front, and it got born in the middle. I wanted to go to the back of it, see how this thing ended. And so, I read the back of the book, and we win. We win because Jesus won, Right? So I thought about what, what would I say, because I don't want to just come up here and take your time and talk and babble on about nothing, and I already know I have a reputation that I like to talk. I was born to talk, and talk I will. I'm always talking, never still. I got an amen from my family over there, so uh, they're used to long sermons, though they don't like it. I just want to tell you, I only want to come and say what the Lord wants me to say. Now, if it takes me longer than them other fellows that come, I'm going to ask you to forgive me. That's just the way he wired me. Now, I know Rodney's been giving Lonnie a hard time uh, because he comes sporting up in here in skinny jeans. Any pair of jeans I get in, I make them skinny, okay? Now, I tried this Western wear time that we had. We had the, you know, we were celebrating. Uh, I went out and bought me some Wranglers because I wanted to look like a cowboy. Not really, but I got some cowboy jeans. And I'm going to tell you something. I didn't look like a cowboy, and I felt like the cow was on me. So I, that's not my, not my speed. So I'm not Rodney Mitchell. I'm not like Caleb Hill because he's got all these cool uh, swords and stuff that he brings, and he sports around in sandals. That's not me. And then we got Ed, who's like Moses. He's always got a word. I mean, it's deep, too. So I want to just tell you, I'm not Ed. Okay, but I am going to be Jody if that's all right. So if you don't like it, talk to God about it because he made me. So when they ask about, you know, can you speak, I thought of this. This is my shot. So you might think, well, that's kind of arrogant that you think that you get a shot to be up there on the stage. Now, this is an opportunity. This is not a shot. So we could take that different ways. But I bet you... You've heard that mentioned 
See, yesterday I had the pleasure of going fishing with three of my sons. Now, that's a very difficult thing to do. I shared in our guys group that I have a family so large, if we're going to go fishing, it looks like a, an aircraft carrier because it's got to be big for us all to have a place that we don't hook each other, throwing over lines and all that. Can I get Amy and Ross? I mean, it's, it's got to be. And so uh, because I like to fish, um, I, I, I'm not that diehard guy. I'm not going to go just any time, okay? I've seen guys that, you know, wind's going to blow 100 miles an hour, it's going to rain, you know, like a monsoon, or it's going to snow three foot, and they're going, okay? So I'm that guy that looks at the weather for a while, and I'm kind of watching the weather pattern. It looks like it's going to rain. Eh, it might not rain. Mm, you know, the weather people get it right sometimes. So I was looking at the weather, and, and, and so we kind of coordinated a trip that, you know, and I looked at it, and I said, this is my shot to go. The weather's going to be okay. Uh, number two son, Andrew, that some of you know, uh, some of you may not know our second son, Andrew. Uh, he happened to be, this today's his birthday, 28 years old today. And so as a tribute to him for his birthday, Ross was nice enough to say, hey, let's take him fishing. Well, it just so happens that Trent come down, uh, wanted to come celebrate his birthday. Well, he wanted to go fishing too. So this was my shot to go spend the time with my sons, as many as could go. Now, we left Philip out because the boat's not big enough. No, he, his schedule was full. Uh, he couldn't. We fished with Philip the weekend before. So, but thinking of that in the context of we get opportunities, don't we? See, I don't know about you, but I've been in a situation before with other people that we're working on something, and, and we both think we know what's going on with it, and we both can fix it. And the other person would be working on working on they can't get it to work out right. And I get frustrated. It's like, okay, do I get a shot? You know, I get a shot to try it. Now, have you ever been in that position? See, in the, in the spirit of being authentic, because our pastor is leading us into being authentic. That's our word for this year, for starting out this year, to be authentic, which I want to use my vernacular on that is that's to be real. Uh, and I think for us to be real, we're going to have to be honest and authentic with God because he knows now, we can fool each other, can't we? We can. You know, we can make, I can make it, you think I've got it all together. Except the people that live in my house, they know that's not true. So, I know most of you have heard about this concept that's coming up. Find your fit. Okay? Now, when we go buy clothes, we go pick out what we're looking for, and we find our fit because we want it to be right. Uh, how many of y'all like to buy pants that are three sizes too small? You know, it don't meet in the middle anymore, you know. So what about three sizes too big? It won't stay up. Uh, we have to find our fit, don't we? The better we find our fit, the more comfortable we'll be, the, way, the more confident we'll be in that. Finding our fit in the kingdom of God is important. So I'm looking around the room, and just about everybody here, this is your house, Right? Are you proud of that? Okay. Well, I just want to be the one that continues to tell you if this is your house, and God has gifted you something with something in His way for you to do. You have a spiritual gift, and you have a purpose for this body right here that we will function like we should. 
And so, some of us have embraced the idea of stepping forward and volunteering to do certain things. The challenge is not that we have to come voluntold you, but will the Lord speak to you and call you forward? But see, you know, if you were called to be a light bulb, guess what? You're going to be plugged up and you're going to illuminate. That's your purpose, right? Some of you are called to do some things you haven't recognized yet. And that's what this find your fit is for. Because it's not that we can get you to serve at the dwelling, but that you experience what God made you for and you operate in that and you're going to be fulfilled. It won't be a job, okay? We're not trying to give jobs. Now, some of you up there are shaking your head because you've been falling toe to do some stuff, okay? In our journey, it takes a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And sometimes we don't have enough people coming forward and say, hey, I'll do that. That's why you see... Uh, my men in black is in multiple places because there's a need. But what if I was operating in a place that I'm not really called to and I'm in your way and you were called to do it and I'm blocking you from receiving the blessings that you would get if you did it? It's kind of like if you had a light bulb, you had a light fixture and you put a 25-watt light bulb in it, well, it will work, but it's really rated for a 100-watt light bulb. When you put the 100-watt light bulb in there, it's so much brighter, so, so much more benefit, see? I might be only the 25-watt bulb, and you're the 100-watt. If you plug into your position, you will show. Now, I think there's some challenges uh, for us is to figure out what is it that God wants us to do? What is it that will help us engage into this is my shot? Because see, when you get to where you're going to serve, what God has created for you, there's going to be some moments that you have to make decisions. You see, I heard this week, because we are in, in, in this season of the Super Bowl, which is probably going on right now, and Kevin's keeping me up. We've got score signs going on here, uh, that... Kansas City Chiefs are in this game, and they haven't been to the Super Bowl in 50 years, okay? That's a long time. So I think those people would say, this is my shot. The players on the Kansas City Chiefs have not experienced any opportunities with Super Bowls unless they play, formerly played on another team that went to the Super Bowl. So this is their shot, okay? This is their opportunity. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight. See, there's things that I believe that can control you taking advantage of your shot. And sometimes we'll use excuses. And I just want to bring some of these out in case there's somebody here. Because I believe that there's somebody here that some of these things are for. Some of you, you're here to pray for those. Okay? I know you're faithful. I see your faces. I know how faithful you are to come into the house of God. But you keep coming back for a reason because you know this is my shot. That I'm going to experience God in a new and unexpected way tonight. It's not to say who's going to stand up here and what they look like and what they might say. You're coming faithfully to be in a position that God would do something for you that you would like to see Him do. And this could be your shot.
But sometimes we'll have situations or we'll have reasons why we won't be willing to think that we have it. And I want to look at a guy in uh, John chapter 5, and we discovered something interesting about the NIV version of this in, in chapter 5 of John, verse 2. Let me get over here where I can see. I need a larger print. Uh, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and where, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, and blind and lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been in an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to be well? And then he said, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now we know in that story that there was a belief at this pool that the waters would stir, and this was a sign in their system to believe that an angel was stirring it, and the first one in would be the one to get healed. Okay? Think about this, because the story tells us 38 years. Now I'm looking around the room, we're not going to do an ID check tonight, but most of us have seen 38 years. Okay, and we know we've seen it, and we know 38 years is a long time. Some of you young folks that are in this room that I see, you don't know that yet, but believe me, you're going to find out. And so, we can be just like this guy, that we can get comfortable in a situation that we're okay with what's going on for a long period of time. Maybe God wanted to do something great in your life, and yet all you had to do was reach a certain point. Maybe it was you to get in a pool. And yet you could get close enough, but you couldn't get in. Now, to come every day for 38 years shows that somebody had dedication. You know, maybe at some point in time it's like, well, I'm just going to keep on going. I don't know if anything's going to happen, but I'm going to keep going. But his shot was this. On this day, Jesus come by. See, Jesus could have come by and touched every one of them and healed them. Okay? That's all he would have had to do. He could have spoke a word and every one of them had been healed. But to show them, this man and the people around, I'm going to pick out the one that's most difficult. See, if somebody had a cold or a sore ear, he could have touched them. They said, no big deal. We could have done that with medicine, right? This guy's been an invalid for 38 years. See, he's probably tried the doctors and all the medical practices that were around. He's tried everything, and it hadn't worked. So he's just trying, hoping for a miracle. So we see the majesty of God when Jesus comes and he touches him, or he speaks to him and says, get up, take your mat, and go. The second thing that, that we can uh, fall into is, is, what position am I in? And so, you know, sometimes we get into some positions that we think disqualifies. Or, because of the position we're in, we're not going to have a real legitimate opportunity to do what we feel like God's called us to do. But we look in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 1. Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out 
to the pass of Milkmash. Uh, and one day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he, he did not tell his father. As we go on and look down, and that's all I gave Lisa, but when we go on down and look in verse 4 through 8, as we see when he gets over there, he's in a position to where he's got two difficulties on each side. There was two cliffs that he had to climb up, and the Philistines were on the upper part of it. And so he believed God was going to do a great thing, and he was in a bad position. So he could, honor, he could have said, you know what, this is too hard. I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm not going to try it. We're just going to let somebody else do it. But God moved upon him to take a step forward, to go over to the situation. And he gave him the dialogue of what to do. And, and, and uh, he told the armor bearer, he said, you know, we're going to go out here and make ourselves known. Now, if you're thinking about the military possibility of that, you're outnumbered. There's probably 20 Philistines up there in the outpost. And there's just two of them, two against 20. Not very good odds, unless God is in it. So he goes out there, shows himself, and he tells him our sign will be that we know that God is on our side. If they tell us to come up here, we know God's defeated them. They climbed up the terrain to get there, to get up where they were at. And they defeated all of them, and it brought great fear on the Philistines, and they rattled a great victory because Jonathan, and think about the armor bearer, because he was just a guy going along with him. <laughs> Let's roll. Now, I don't know about you, but would you sign up for difficult times when you see somebody going to face some challenging odds? Would you sign up with somebody who's going to do something which you think was absolutely crazy? Okay, you'd have to look at your situation, circumstances, and see well, that's not favorable odds. They're got the, they've got the upper ground, but yet he didn't allow that to hold. And the faithfulness of his armor bearer said, we go, I'm going to go also. Then we can use a really distractful thing that we can control a forward moment. We find that in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1. We see an example here of history, how history can affect us. Then Joshua's son of Nun secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. You see, how can two guys that's never been there know about somebody that had an occupation that wasn't really good unless the reputation preceded it? They knew that this wasn't a great place. You see, Rahab could have easily told the king where they were at. As we go on and read verses after that in that chapter, we see that Rahab declared to the two spies that fear had already come upon Jericho because of the great things that God had done. They heard about the story how the God of Israel had dried up the Red Sea, how 
the children of Israel walked through on dry ground, and then how God had caused it to close back in and drown all their enemies. They heard the stories of how the things that God had done for them as they were going through the wilderness. You see, Rahab had an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm no longer going to do or be a part of what I've done because that's not the lifestyle I want. I'm not going to let that limit me and disqualify me from connecting with this opportunity, the shot that God's given me to change my life. And she helped the spies. She hit them. She released them. And because of that, her and her family was saved. You know the deal that was made. Everybody that's going to your house will be saved. Okay? Get all your family in here because when we come, that's our oath. You protected us, we'll protect you. Now, you see, we know Rahab goes on to occupy a spot in the lineage of Jesus. Okay? So, let's not let our history... Maybe you think I've messed up too bad. And I can't take advantage of this opportunity that God's given me. You haven't done anything in your life that God can't redeem you of. He doesn't see things like you see it. He sees us as we can become, not what we've done. So then, another thing that I think can hinder uh, our opportunities of taking a shot, our chance to step forward, take a step forward, is our confidence. We can become confident in things that has no value. Some of us have built some shells around us to protect us from people knowing what's really on the inside. And tonight, there could be somebody here that's completely broken. You see, in, in Mark chapter 14, in verse 3, while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table of the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. You see, our confidence could be just like the bottle of that perfume. It was nice to look at, but it was holding back the value. See, the value of that did not come out until brokenness took place. So you may think, because I'm broken, that God cannot use you. But we can learn from this that because of what was broken, the testimony of that has been used throughout the ages. It anointed him for burial. It's been a witness for generations past and the generations to come. We don't celebrate our brokenness, but God can use our brokenness because in our brokenness, we see that it's no longer us, but it's Him living in us that we can make it. And then, I think we can really...
miss an opportunity because I think there are, uh, there are some that think there is no hope. We limit our destiny because we think where we're at is where we're going to be. And we find out in the story when Jesus was on the cross, we, we see in uh, Luke chapter 23, uh, there was two guys opposite of Jesus on the cross there when he was crucified. And we know the dialogue before these verses that one of them was just really taunting Jesus. If you are who they say you are, then you can get us all off. That's all you got to do. But one of them came to himself and he realized, I know where my destiny is right now. But I want to change my destiny. So he says to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said in verse 40, 42, He said, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Today. You see, in a moment, in, our, in a moment, in a split second, our destiny can change. There's so much more that I believe God wants to do in each of us. So much more. Maybe we're at that level where we're saved and we're good. We know we're going to go to heaven. Okay? I'm glad I'm going. But I think Jesus didn't die just for us to go to heaven. He died so heaven could come to earth into us to share with other people. See, can He do everything? Absolutely. You know what? He's going to give us a shot to be with Him on the journey that we might be the one that helps someone else come to know about Him. So my question to you is you prepare for find your fit. That's going to come. There's going to be messages that talks about it. There will be some discussion of exactly when. There is a projected time I know that this is going to take place. Spiritual gift assessment, personality profile. That's to help us understand how God created us. He gifted us and He wired us to do that gifting. He wants to use that the way He designed it for His purpose. Not that we can show off and be somebody big in the eyes of people. That we'll just be a channel to allow that to come to earth. You see, sitting right next to you could be the greatest answer to a problem you've been facing. And if that person beside you that has the answer to that is not willing to use their gift, you're going to miss it. I don't want to have to answer for that personally. Now, have I done everything right? No. I've got some history. Okay? And I know God will forgive me of that, where I've failed. But I also know this, that God's going to give me opportunity. So, this is 
my shot. Will y'all stand and declare that? Stand up with me, if you will. All of those that believe that this is my shot, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I believe that. If tonight you don't know that it's your shot, there are people here that will pray for you. Maybe you're like the thief on the cross, that tonight you're not sure that you even get a shot. I hate to break it to you, but this is reality. There's only two destinations, according to the Word of God. Some people believe there are others, but I think some of them are going to find out they're wrong. It's too late then. Jesus died on the cross that he who calls on him, who believes in him, will be saved. Amen? If you don't know that tonight, uh, Brother Ed's here. Uh, some of our team in black are here. You, there are prayer partners. Find somebody. They want to talk to you. They want to pray for you. But as we walk now, let's not let these things hold us back from the shots that God gives us. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you um, for this time. Lord, for everything that I spoke that was not of you, Lord, let it be easily forgotten. And Father, for those things that I shared your heart, Lord, let it be embedded. And Father, for the opportunities that you give each of us, Lord, thank you that you trust us. And now, Lord, help us to walk into that. And Lord, I know you want to clear our eyes and our minds to for us to see clearly how you made us. And you want to tell us what our purpose is here in this body and in, in your kingdom. And Lord, let all these excuses be taken away that we might really see you. And now, Lord, I just thank you for each one here. I thank you for my pastor who is away, that you would uh, keep him protected and you would anoint his time away and you bring him back safely to us. Lord, I just ask you now, uh, that you'd be with each one in here in a special way this week, that we might be able to take the shot that you give us. And now, Lord, I just thank you for Jesus and all that he is, because it's in his mighty name I ask these things. Amen.